again, good morning, everybody. My name is Chan Choi. My pronoun is he, him, his. I'm serving Urban Village Church Asloop. And welcome all of you in the name of Jesus Christ. So when I first heard about this new sermon series, Courageous Conversations, Collective Liberation, which is about anti-racism, I started recalling my own experience of racism. As a person of color, most of them are experienced as a victim. The very first experience of racism happened in Brisbane, Australia, while I was studying English. One of my classmates who was also Korean texted me that he couldn't make a class that day because he had to return to his apartment. He wasn't sick or having an emergency, but he had to change his clothes because someone threw a tomato to him on the way to school. I still remember how I was afraid of coming back to my place after school that day. For five months until back to my home country, Korea, I had to look around in fear whenever walking outside because of this experience. Then I totally forgot about this after going back in Korea. And it was several years ago, which recalled this experience again. I was at Woodfield Moore in Schaumburg waiting for Beyond. Then some teenage girls approached me and said, what are you doing here? Go back to your country. Even I didn't have a chance to realize what had happened. They ran away to the outside of Bo. I wasn't scared much like last time I did, but I was so upset because it could be Vian who experiences this kind of bad racism ungodly. So on the way back home, I shared my experience to Vian because I just realized that we are here in danger of racism again. And to relieve her fear and anger, I told her, Vian, don't worry. It was just a bad day. There are only few races like them. We can just laugh away. It's fine. And then there was another incident that I learned. The racism is not only about individual, individual attitudes and actions, but it is also about culture and systemic problem. One of my Korean colleagues' son, who is second grader, suddenly resisted to go to school. He was very active at school, and he loved his teacher and classmates. So they had no idea why, why he didn't want to go to school. After long silence, he shared the story with tears. One of his close friends made fun of him with his skin color and appearance. They have been a close friend from the preschool and having a playtime with each other's house at least once a week. Parents reported this issue to the school and had a conversation with his parents to prevent the recurrence of this kind of incident. And according to the research, infants less than a year old 
who have yet to learn language, they can notice ethnic differences. It means that they have noticed these ethnic differences for a while, but this race prejudice, which appeared suddenly, cannot be natural. The second grader would get an idea from the conversation of his parents or friends or media that he has been exposed. Nowadays, there are lots of sources our children can get this kind of idea. I attended a three days long anti-racism training last week and this clip of poetry that I watched at the training described what racism is. So you can check this poetry later. The title is How to Explain White Supremacy to a White Supremacist by Guante. So here is part of it. Remember, white supremacy is not a shark. It is a water. It is how we talk about racism as white hoods and confederate flags, knowing that you own those things and we don't. As if we didn't own this history too, this system we tread water. So what is racism? What is your own definition and understanding of racism? Robin DiAngelo, the author of White Prejudice, said, racism like sexism and other forms of oppression occurs when a racial group's prejudice is backed by legal authority and institutional control. You may have your own definition and understanding of racism that is shaped through your own experience and study. However, knowing and understanding of current problem is not enough because Jesus always asks us to live into as we convict and believe. So through, through today's message, we are going to think about the definition <clears throat> sorry, of racism and this important question, how our effort of anti-racism can be connected with our mission and value of Urban Village Church and as an individual who is following Jesus' commandments of love your neighbor as yourself? This is a question we are going to think about. It. Before jumping into the lesson from James, we need to Think about the feature of the book of James. There are different ideas about authorship. Many scholars consider James the brother of Jesus as the writer of this book in the faith traditional. If we follow this tradition, this book's unique character could be easily understood. A collective wisdom, a collective wisdom from ancient Israel through the traditions, tra traditions of Jesus and Paul to follow for a well-lived life. So this is all about, it's kind of uh, instruction how to live in this life. So according to the book of Acts, James was a pastor rather than a missionary. And his community was built by Jewish believers who wanted to keep their Jewish tradition and heritage as a covenant-keeping community. So we can find that James addressed the same lesson about favoritism through two different cases 
that he observed from his community. In the first case, community leaders discriminated against the poor and favored the rich. So they invited the rich to come close and to sit and to be comfortable. On the other hand, the poor was put a distance and made to stand, or worse, made to sit in a position of submission. Then James reminds us the teaching of Jesus at the mountain. So let's read the verse 5 together again. So please check your script. Let's read the verse 5 together. One, two, three. As a body of Christ, the church, the community of believers should follow the teaching of Jesus. That's the reason why James used the teaching of Jesus on the mountain. But they follow the worst measures of values in which the rich and powerful are shown honor in the hopes of receiving a benefit in return. The second case is set in a civil law court. What he observed in the community was a rich the rich oppress the community by dragging their members into court, and they inserted the name of Jesus. This time he mentioned the royal law that obtains in the kingdom of God as pro proclaimed by Jesus by calling Leviticus 19.18, which is from the Moses law. So let's read the verse 8 together. Verse 8 together. One, two, three. So even though there were two different cases and different teachings from law of Moses and teaching from Jesus, there, was, there is only one lesson. The partiality, favoritism, discrimination is not the way of God. The royal rule of love is a way to live into as a Christian and the community of believers. It's very clear what James wanted to talk and teach in this community. Then, why do we still see the same problem of discrimination, especially racism, in this world? At the anti-racism training that I mentioned above, we had a chance to build a world of history. They put the paper on the world, like this size of room, and, and they put it four different sections. First section is 1492 through 1790, and they named European colonialism. The second section is 1790 through 1898. They called U.S. nation building. 1898 through 1973, the reorganization of white supremacy. The last part, 1973 through now, the USA as war. Our task was to fill each section with the events of racism and resistance. And this war of history begins with the papal bull that Pope Nicholas V issued in 1452. 
1452. It said, We grant a free and ample faculty to the foresaid King Alfonso to invade, search out, capture, vanquish, and subdue all Saracens and pagans whatsoever, and other enemies of Christ wheresoever placed, and the kingdoms, dukedoms, principalities, dominions, possessions, and all movable and immovable goods whatsoever held and possessed by them, and to reduce their persons to perpetual slavery. This is a message from Pope. We need to admit that there is a painful history of using religion to brand and burn, persecute, hate, and condemn. While we are filling out each section, we are so frustrated because we found the pattern of violence, discrimination, and injustice in our history, and it has been continued. There was a confession and repentance of ignorance about our reality that the minority, the people of color, has been discriminated, oppressed, and marginalized. It was so painful experience for everyone because it was totally opposite of Jesus' ministry to the poor, the outcast. Most of them at the room and the training were ministers and church leaders. Because outsiders, those who are marginalized ethnically by gender or by sexual orientation are still treated as outcasts in our society. If we truly want to live with our values, bold, inclusive, and relevant, we need to embrace this Jesus' redemptive, inclusive love for everyone, and period. There is no further description who can belong to this everyone. Everyone means everyone. There is, no, there is only one simple royal rule to follow. Love your neighbor as yourself. So next three weeks, we are going to have more opportunity to think about the way to break the systemic evil and love our neighbors as ourselves. One of great African-American theologians, Howard Thurman, describes the victims of racism in his book of Jesus and the Disinherited as those who live with their backs constantly against the world. You can imagine these pictures, people who live with their backs constantly against the war. This description was so powerful to me because I have the same feeling all the time. Before coming into the United States, the war was the image of obstacle that I need to overcome. So it was a kind of symbol of challenge at the same time, symbol of achievement because I was able to overcome the war if I could and pour my time and energy. And there was a sense of accomplishment. However, this war is different that I face in here 
as a personal caller. I'm standing with my back against the wall. There is no room to move back. No way to overcome it. Because it is not a single obstacle, but it is a system that I live. The water that I swim. The air that I breathe. This word seems too strong and solid. So I had no idea what to do. So when I heard about this anti-racism training, I thought it would be an opportunity to break all the words that surrounded me. However, there was no magic to finish all the racism by the snap of a finger. That's true. For three days, I intentionally used a public transportation. The training was held at Pullman Presbyterian Church on 103rd Street. It took one and a half hours to get there by taking buses and train from my place at near Oak Park. However, it was the most impactful experience for me to understand the racism in me in this society. When I first visited Chicago eight years ago, my student in UIUC warned us not to go to South area at the time. I had no idea what South means. When I first got Garrett Evangelical Theological Seminary seven years ago, my Korean colleagues told us not to use any public transportation if we need to head South area. I had no idea why taking the public transportation is dangerous. So it was very first time for me to use the public transportation to get into South. Of course, I was scared a little bit because I was the only Asian at the train and bus. Everybody was looking at me. I'm sure they might be curious what this guy is doing here. <laughs> However, soon enough, I was able to see the words that they live with their backs against. The words that divided between us. The words that keep the systemic evil of racism. The word that I heard from my students, my Korean colleagues, don't go to South, is dangerous. It shows racism in us. Why it is dangerous? Because people living there are different with us. Because people living there are dangerous. Because it comes from our race, prejudice, and systemic power. Do you see these words behind the people of color that have made and marginalized and dehumanized? If you still think going to South is dangerous, taking bus and train, in this area is dangerous. 
you need to think about your own race prejudice. So our first step might be recognizing this word that divides us and working together to break this word by following the royal rule of love. That's the reason why we are going to start this sermon series for a month. That's the reason why we do and put our resources for this effort of anti-racism because this is all about God's love and Jesus' commandments. Love your neighbor as yourself. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we are so thankful for giving us this opportunity to see our reality of racism and our neighbors who are standing with their backs against the world. As the disciples of Jesus Christ, help us to truly live into as anti-racists who love our neighbors as ourselves and who see and break all the words of racism in our society. From our differences, help us to find the beauty of diversity. From our same image of God in us, lead us to find the way of being one in Christ's love. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.